0: If you are forced into a situation where you find yourself being triggered, you find yourself uncomfortable, you find yourself in a place where you are cornered or at least pushed back into a specific role that you played maybe in early childhood, chances are you're gonna get bring up old wounds. The way I see it is if you are forced to deal with narcissists, this is what I tell people who are stuck in abusive relationships with narcissists and actually have no way of getting out, I say, listen, if you're forced, if you are checkmated, the universe has checkmated you into a position of having to confront a narcissist, use it in your best interest. Use it to your benefit to identify what actually still needs healing, what is still lingering over from the past, and allow it to show you where those wounds still exist and guide you in the direction of healing. Wounds that exist below in the unconscious will rear its ugly head. How you respond to it and deal with it is, is ultimately our choice.
1: You're listening listen to the On Empath Show. Happy holidays. This is Raj Montaj from the On Call Empath. I just wanted to bring in my guest for a return visit due to popular demand. Yitzie Epstein, he has his own uh, podcast, Narc uh, Narcissist Recovery Podcast, and uh, he was in my past episode forty three. So definitely check that out. But uh, in this episode, we're going to cover how to deal with narcissists during the holidays and much more. So stay tuned. Uh, hope you guys are having a good holiday. Let me introduce my next guest, Yitz. How are you doing today?
0: Fantastic, Raj. Thank you so much for having me on once again.
1: Yes, it's always a pleasure. You seem to have the one-stop answer for narcissists and uh, narcissist abuse. So uh, I know a lot of people have tuned into that last episode and I was just like, Okay, there's a lot of questions I'm getting and definitely it was a uh, it was a subject that a lot of people, uh especially the empaths, have uh some problems dealing with, especially with all the stress during these holiday season. So I just wanted to bring you on and kinda of pick your brain and, and kinda of get your uh take on the narcissist just tends to make themselves look good in a group and uh sometimes it could be very overwhelming for highly sensitive people. What are some things that you can just say off the bat that can help us empathize highly sensitive people, protect ourselves and avoid confrontations?
0: Sure. Absolutely. Well, it's a great question. And this time of year is really a societal family time. At least it's been accepted to be that way. So if you do not have family and you are struggling, there's certainly going to be triggers there. So avoiding family altogether doesn't necessarily answer the issue or solve it. Uh, But if you have to confront your family or you feel compelled to go home to your family during this time, of course, there's going to be the obvious triggers that exist when that happens. So regardless of the case, if you are forced into a situation where you find yourself being triggered, you find yourself uncomfortable, you find yourself in a place where you are cornered or at least push back into a specific role that you played maybe in early childhood, chances are you're going to get bring up old wounds. And when this is the case, it's important to see this experience, not necessarily as something to run from, but actually something to embrace and see as an indicator of wounds that are still in place, that need healing. So the way I see it is if you are forced to deal with narcissists, this is what I tell people who are stuck in abusive relationships with narcissists and actually have no way of getting out. I say, listen, if you're forced, if you're checkmated, the universe has checkmated you into a position of having to confront a narcissist, use it in your best interest, use it to your benefit to identify what actually still needs healing, what is still lingering over from the past and allow it to show you where those wounds still exist and guide you in the direction of healing so the way i see it is because like i mentioned this time period is very much going to bring up old stuff from family mm-hmm. um, regardless if you have to be home oftentimes people haven't gone no contact and walked away from their family of origins uh, it's still a time where everyone thinks about family at least to some degree and it reminisces of good times or not necessarily good times the point is is that wounds that exist below in the unconscious will rear its ugly head how you respond to it and deal with it is, is ultimately our choice
1: in the last uh, episode that I talked to you, and I know you you kind of described a little bit about narcissist traits. Um, a lot of people use the word narcissist loosely, and you you actually went through that uh, very in great detail in the last episode. But if you can just give us a couple things, um, like couple traits uh, to look for, and how to classify someone as I know there's a spectrum, but how do you kind of know if somebody is tend to have narcissist behavior um, because obviously if somebody acts some way, a lot of people just point the finger and be like, that's a narcissist.
0: Sure. Well, you want to tune into how you feel around these individuals. Now, just because somebody makes you feel bad and somebody at times lacks empathy, empathy does not make them a narcissist. However, if you are continuously put down, if you find yourself in a pattern of relating to this individual where you are continuously seen as the enemy, projected onto things that have nothing to do with you, and made to feel shameful, then you want to ask yourself the question, how is this person enhancing or not enhancing my life? If mm-hmm. they're not enhancing your life, then regardless of what you want to call them, narcissist, uh, psychological predator, emotional manipulator, <laughs> or just simply not self-aware uh, or, or simply rude, uh, you simply want to want to get distance. And I, like I mentioned in the last episode, I don't like using names because I do believe that there is such a broad spectrum a continuum that exists, and trying to label people actually distracts you from yourself. It's very easy to look outside of yourself and blame and shame and and see narcissists everywhere, and they certainly exist. But the only thing you really do have control over is yourself and your reactions and ultimately what you decide to do with your future. So therefore, you just want to ask yourself, is the individual around me, is this person, is this environment, is this group of people, what do they stand for? What's the energy like? How do I feel? How, How do I feel when I leave? Uh, What impression do I get? How do I feel about myself? Uh, If it's a good one, if it's positive, and if it raises your vibrations, makes you feel better inside, uh, then certainly something to gain from it. Uh, So the true answer to that question can be found looking inward. If you ask yourself the question, what is it about this situation that is bringing me down? Uh, You don't don't necessarily need to have a great reason to walk away. Just the fact that it's not enhancing your life is good enough.
1: Right. Yes. And I know that, uh, we talked a little bit about covert and overt narcissists. If you can kind of uh, compare and just kind of tell us the difference between the two and, and uh, the sim, maybe there's some similarities uh, between those.
0: Sure. So there's always a covert element of narcissism. Nobody's going to go out and say, Hey, listen, I'm an absolute narcissist. Hi, you know, it's going to be the intentions is what we're looking at the consciousness and nobody, most people do not necessarily know or are aware of their own level of consciousness. They're usually unconscious to that. So that being said, somebody who is a narcissist is usually unconscious to why they do things. They're simply in denial of their own sense of self and really any awareness of how they impact other people for the most part. So that being said, an over narcissist is just a is somebody who feels like or has been proven to be able to get away with their obnoxious behavior without being reprimanded, or at least it's become socially acceptable, uh, or even praised. Somebody who's a covert has oftentimes tried to be overt, but has been denied so much that they've been forced to go covert in every element Mm. of their life. So there's always an element of covert narcissism with overt narcissism. Overt narcissism is just the visible side of it. Now, when somebody is truly covert, meaning they have split themselves into a false self, and then there's the true self, which has been denied, shamed and disconnected from. This is the most deceptive type. And really, it's so deceptive because their their false self is usually one that's very attractive, looks empathic, compassionate, communicates in a way that like somebody who you want to connect with and be friends with. And that's really get where it gets you. There's no overt signs of selfish behavior mm. of uh, you know exclusivity and omnipotence, omnificence. There's none of that. Uh, that's really the the extreme covert narcissism. But like I said, there's always a, a hidden intention behind what's going on, what you appear.
1: Right, and that's very interesting. I mean, I've had a quite a few guests on here who, uh, you know, had narcissist as in a relationship, and uh, you know, they they kind of say the same thing that you're saying, um, and which kind of leads me to ask you, like, you know. Do you think that a narcissist, um, really knows how to love and, um, and what do they want? Like, I mean, sexually, as far as like intimacy, like, is it all about power and control in your opinion?
0: Well, they don't know how to love because they're out of touch with themselves. In order to love, you have to be, first of all, self-aware, you have to have a sense of self and you have to love that self. And it begins with with that person who then can share that love with another person, exchange energies, and connect so without a sense of self, there is no such thing as healthy love or love at all. in which case, then what are they engaged in an intimate adult relationship sexual relationship for There has to be a reason, and the reason is, is because absolutely there 's a certain power element to it there 's a certain uh, feeling of of uh, of control manipulation that that serves as a narcissistic supply. what the victim calls love, which may be true love on the victim 's part is not the same thing they might use the same word do the same actions it's an entirely different thing for perpetrators who are narcissistic who are using a adult intimate relationship for personal gain what they are doing is they're actually using it to self-soothe their inner shame and as an addiction so it's a love addiction it's an addiction to the attention adoration admiration worship and whatever resources they can exploit in the name of love but it's certainly not love. And that's victims who've been exploited in this way. Talk about the horrors of having their deep core inner sense of self exploited in this way. I believe love, unconditional love in adult relationships is one of the core, uh, really energetic uh, experiences we can have. And when that gets exploited, it's extremely troubling and, and, and the damage done is incalculable. That being said, it's important to understand what's truly going on here and what you're experiencing is entirely different from that of the perpetrator. The perpetrator is dealing in a different uh, consciousness, a different intention to exploit. Uh, again, that's what makes this type of abuse so destructive.
1: Let's say that you have, you know, a couple, one uh, one person's a narcissist and the other person's just, you know, not a narcissist. And they go to see a therapist um, to get to the bottom of their problems in the marriage or whatnot. Um, at that point will the narcissist um, will will the narcissist play along and and go to the therapist for group therapy and try to work things out or do you think that they might get exposed in fear of being exposed and just tell the their significant other i'm not doing that and that's stupid uh, or they go and after one session, they they start threatening the um, this, the person that they went with um, that it's not working or it's, you know, it's not effective um, and try to talk them out of it. What is your take on that? Do you think a narcissist would, would even consider going to a therapist?
0: Yeah, it's such a great question. Well, absolutely, they'll consider it. However, if they do go to a therapist and the therapist starts to ask the correct questions and identify that they are, in fact, exploitive, uh, they'll find something wrong with the therapist, they'll find something wrong with his technique or her (laughs) technique, and ultimately uh, maybe blame the partner and say, oh, you know, therapy is not for me. Uh, True therapy is actually on the part of the patient. Uh, The therapist is not somebody who comes in there and fixes your life for you. He actually creates, he or she creates space so you can do that for yourself, so you can self-reflect, learn about your shortcomings, and ultimately uh, heal and correct them, Obviously, somebody who's narcissistic does not want to do that. So the, mm-hmm. the intention of therapy would be to uh, triangulate the, the uh, their partner or whoever they're with to against the therapist. or am sorry, the therapist against the partner to create an ally for themselves, ultimately to exploit it. If they can't exploit it, they'll avoid it. And that's really so I see that in my office all the time. People who reach out, some people will actually say, hey, listen, I'm a narcissist or I've been told I'm a narcissist <laughs> and I actually need healing, which is actually very interesting and very unique. And I have so yes. much uh, admiration for people like that because it's so difficult to admit that you have this addiction to power, control, manipulation. So when that happens, then I guess you can say they're no longer a narcissist, right? Because they're actually self-reflecting and they are having some sort of ability to become self-aware and have compassion and empathy on themselves. And in that case, I guess they would then lose that title. But that being said, a true narcissist, somebody who absolutely is defended in this way, narcissistically, will try to manipulate me i've seen this all the time people who try to manipulate me and actually uh, turn me against their partner uh, i do see right through it ultimately because i'm aware of the dynamics at play but it's cer- <laughs> certainly not sh- uh, you know uh, i've certainly seen a lot of this in my office and, and really that that would that would make sense because ultimately if you're able to manipulate the therapist that's a hell of a supply too because ultimately oh, the therapist is someone who's very self-aware compassionate can see right through us and i manipulated him it serves as narcissistic supply as well
1: It must be a very uncomfortable position for you to be in when you know the person's coming in that is a narcissist and it's a couple. I mean, do you pull the other person aside or do you just kind of keep it to yourself and try to dish it back to the narcissist uh, and not tip them off that you're onto them? Or how, how, how do you get around all that?
0: Yeah, such a great question. Well, it depends, depends on the patient, uh, depends on the I guess, victim in that instance. Some of them will actually approach me separately to try to identify if what their gut is telling them is true. Uh, it's, it's very, it's tricky because ultimately they are both your you know, patients. They're both people who are coming to you for services and you can't just start mm-hmm. uh, turning one against the other. Uh, <laughs> and it's very tricky because the therapist's office is a perfect proxy to manipulate. Uh, victims come in there, they want, they want, they want, uh, equality, they want communication, they want respect, they want to create a healthier dynamics in the relationship, and everything's being manipulated and it becomes very confusing. Unless you can see it happening in real time, the therapist will usually get fooled and the patient will get fooled as well, the victim. So it's just tricky. And like I said, if the patient, if the victim in that instance is going to separate themselves from the manipulation and see it, then I'll certainly be able to help reflect back what's going on. Uh, but oftentimes they're getting duped as well, which creates really a tragic situation, sort of a psychological prison where they're being manipulated and they absolutely cannot get the help they need because the help they're looking for is also being manipulated.
1: Yeah, it's got to be tough. And uh, can you just kind of walk me through um, what would it be like if, let's say, I, um, I came to you and and uh, I had some narcissist abuse? Uh, and then also, can you go over the mind mapping um that in detail a little bit more of her and just explain to us how that works
0: 100 percent. so the idea is that we have to understand how we were wounded in our core self how disconnected we are from our core self we have to get back in alignment with our authentic self and abusive childhood childhoods uh, traumatic childhood narcissistically abusive homes will disconnect you from your authentic self will create a split will create wounds, and we have to identify those wounds and heal. The reason that's so important is because if we want to manifest healthy relationships in our life, it starts with having a healthy sense of self. So the first thing is, if we're attracting narcissists, we're attracting people who don't align with our higher self, who don't allow us to grow, then what we've done is we've essentially aligned with our wounds, and we've aligned with our coping techniques, or faulty relationship patterns, and our faulty belief systems based on childhood, So we have to understand that the relationships in your life are going to reflect your state of mental health, your state of consciousness, and how aligned you are with your authenticity. So the first thing I want to do is identify how you are misaligned with your authentic self and then take steps in the direction of getting back into alignment. So the Therapy system is actually one of the systems that has really impacted my life in the the most fantastic way. It's helped me personally, which is why I'm so passionate helping other people, uh, because essentially, the idea is, is that. We have to understand your wounds of childhood, which is the first part of the mind math therapy. It's a nine panel system. And the first panel is identify your wounds. Second panel is identify how you responded to those wounding experiences. The third panel is understand your belief system, how you uh, created meaning out of your past. These first three panels are your past. So it starts off with the first three panels being your past, understanding your programming, how your past is affecting your present. And the second three panels, are essentially, well, let's take a look at your present day life, because if it's faulty, if it's dysfunctional, if it's chaotic and breaking down, yeah, it's because you have a past that's aligning with this breakdown. We have to understand how the past is affecting the present, understand how you've created these defense mechanisms, these avoidance techniques, addictions, all these things to avoid yourself. We have to understand that you are playing a part in your dysfunction. You are playing a part in the chaos, not to blame you, but because we want to take responsibility in the present moment, in today. Uh, We understand how today's changes are going to help create a healthier future. The ultimate idea here is we have to paradigm shift into the final three panels, which is the future. It's about paradigm shifting. You were born into a paradigm of, if you were abused, especially narcissistic homes, of lies, deception, manipulation, coercion, abuse, and toxic beliefs. So we have to understand the paradigm you're in. We have to shift into a healthier paradigm. In order to create a healthier paradigm, we have to dismantle the old paradigm. We have to We have to shift. Essentially, we have to leap into a healthier one. And the new healthier one is one where you are the conscious creator of your life as opposed to your parents or your family of origin or your school system or your religion or your culture all creating your life for you. You actually get to shift into one that you decide for yourself. And it's very empowering. It's very uh, gives you your your power back. If you're codependent, it gives you the ability to now feel like you're the one in charge of your life. And if you're narcissistic, if you've been narcissistically abused and you feel humiliated, tons of shame, it allows you to let go of that shame, realizing that a lot of it is not yours. It's been given to you by your family of origin, by your parents, and it allows you to really start over and create a healthier life for yourself, which to me is, 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 seems magical, but it really is not necessarily as, as wild as it appears. It's quite structural. The uh, mind map system lays it out really well, really simply uh, guides you through this journey. And when you're done with it, after nine panels, after 10 sessions, then you have literally made shifts in your life that oftentimes are never made, or if they aren't made, they take decades.
1: Mhm very interesting um, so as far as like somebody that's listening right now who um maybe has been through narcissist abuse, uh, there is hope for them as long as they are willing to put in the work and you know obviously um see somebody who's an expert or knows about narcissists because it is a very specialized subject i feel like it, you can't just go to i don't think you can just walk up into a therapist office and tell them that hey you know i have some narcissist abuse they can help you but uh would you agree that it would be have to be somebody that's actually really studied them and, and uh, really knows the ins and outs of that to get the full benefits of being in recovery from a narcissist abuse?
0: Absolutely, no question. A lot of the motivation to do what I do specifically is because when I was struggling with my uh, situation, my familial abuse, I had absolutely no one to ha- understand me who, under- who had my back, who really can fight for me in a sense and have my best interests at heart. A lot of them side with the abusers left me extremely frustrated and actually left me in very dangerous situations so a lot of the work that i do is motivated to become that person that in a sense i needed when i was younger Uh, and i'm finding a lot of people are profoundly misunderstood and because of which stay in dangerous situations pay tons of money spend lots of time with people who simply cannot understand you mostly because they haven't gone through it so it's not necessarily these individuals most therapists out there most clinicians psychologists psychiatrists it's not that their intentions are bad necessarily. It's just they do not have the awareness, and if you don't have the awareness, you really cannot be of service to somebody who's on along this journey because this journey is very specific. The nuances are endless and they're very intricate, and unless you understand how the emotional, psychological, and spiritual elements of this abuse are taking place, chances are you will you will actually become an enabler towards the abuse, further bonding the individual to their dysfunction to their relationships, which again makes it dangerous. So, myself, I have met very few who actually fully understand the dynamics again why i'm very motivated to have my podcast resonate personal information as well as uh, clinical information that i've learned from my patients and from my awareness to help people understand themselves so that they can ultimately guide their journey uh, to health and not be stuck in these really negative paradigms and, and toxic uh, relationships
1: and i know it's not impossible um but it does make it harder, especially living under the same roof as a narcissist. Um, in that case, you know, obviously they're hiding everything from seeing therapists and stuff because they would probably not agree with you know that. But is there is there actually can people really recover actually being uh, in a environment when they're surrounded by narcissists? Let's say it's a family and both parents are narcissists, and you know the the child is surrounded by. The parents all the time, or something like that, is is that something that they can kind of recover from being in the hands of a narcissist, and where they have nowhere to go, and they have the leverage at that point? What would you kind of uh, recommend to that person if if they can't get out for financial reasons, or maybe um, they're you know they have nowhere to go? Uh, what would you say to in in a situation like that?
0: Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. And a lot of people I work with struggle with that specifically. There's a famous quote that you become like the five people you hang out with most. So we are inevitably affected by those around us. So that being said, the first step is to take steps in the direction of getting your freedom, emotional, psychological, physical space. Once that, if that goal cannot be met, it's, there's work you can do internally until you can get that but that has to be something that has to be a goal because ultimately speaking when we're surrounded by people who are subtle emotional psychologically unsafe then they affect us and they erode our sense of self they erode our ability to trust ourselves, and ultimately they they make it more difficult to get out so getting out is important physically of course, emotionally, psychological and spiritually, there's an element of getting out as well, because once you have gotten out, you haven't necessarily cut the energetic cords, the psychic cords, you haven't necessarily individuated and become your own person. So it's a process. And what I do is I help people wherever they're holding along the journey to uh, kind of guide them in the direction of freedom on all levels so that they can truly become separate from these individuals, because it's what you're doing is you're creating a, a, a different, in a sense, a different life, a different self. And that self needs space that self needs self care and needs love, and it needs to be able to then make space for other people to connect to who are healthy when you are surrounded by toxicity it becomes very difficult to do that
1: absolutely and and that's one of the reasons I asked you that is just you know um, I've had a lot of narcissist survivors on this um, podcast and you know, even after years after in, uh, the abuse, or if they're, you know, not even here, if they passed away, they're still dealing with uh, trauma and things like that. So thank you for clearing that up. Give us um, a link or your contact information where any of the listeners could reach out to you if they're facing any narcissist abuse. Um, I would appreciate that.
0: 100%. Well, to find my podcast it's Narcissism Recovery Podcast. Uh you can find it on several different platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. If you'd like to work with me individually and do the Mind Map Therapy System, feel free to call me or email me for a consultation. I offer a free fifteen-minute consult so definitely uh, get on the call and let's talk about how, uh, how I can help you. My email is yitz y i t z at psychologicalhealingcenter dot com by phone two five two six nine six four eight five two. And more on the Mind Map Therapy System can be found on the Psychological Healing Center website psychologicalhealingcenter.com
1: thanks again always uh, your wealth of knowledge very knowledgeable about the subject you guys if you uh have any issues i definitely recommend contacting yitz or at least just listen to one episode of his podcast i mean that's what kind of drew me into him and uh and with popular demand his last episode um, I had so many people reach out to me on that one, so we wanted to do a second part, and I hope you guys got something out of it. Yes, thanks again for being on this podcast.
0: Of course. It's my honor. Thank you, Rob, for having me.
1: Absolutely. There you go. That does it for this episode. You guys have a good, safe holiday. Uh, if you can let me know how I'm doing on the Apple iTunes, uh, I it would definitely appreciate that. So with that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Network.